When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And Jeff will be back in the second hour with a uh, Longhorn Notebook based on football practice this morning. We'll uh, carry on on a regular Longhorn Notebook. In this case, Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. That's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds. Bowersockteam.com. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that's to help us get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval guarantee a reality. Check her out at Bowersockteam.com. Longhorn baseball team, uh, first of all, uh, Longhorn men's basketball team left this morning, excuse me, left yesterday, uh, got up to Kansas City uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, had a workout last night, and uh, then uh, after their their uh, workout last night, uh, they have a practice today. They also have uh, each team that's participating in the Big Twelve tournament gets forty minutes on the floor, and uh, the you know the day before they're playing or whatever. So there's a forty minute uh, shoot around on the floor there for that. But they have. Another practice. In fact, they're going to the other practice, I think, right now at a nearby community college as they continue their preparations and the coaching staff will be inside T-Mobile Center tonight scouting the 7 versus 10 matchup between uh, Oklahoma State and uh, NOU and a little Bedlam matchup there. Not that they don't know both teams very well, but certainly want to see. You know, when the Longhorns played um, Oklahoma State – they didn't see much of Musa Cisse, and he wound up being uh, uh, all Big 12, I think, uh, second team. Cisse did not play in the first game. He did play in the second game, but didn't play an awful lot. He's had a back issue. Um, so, and you heard Jerry Palm talking about it's an important, really important game for Oklahoma State for their NCAA tournament hopes to uh, win this Bedlam matchup with Oklahoma tonight. So, the you know, coaching staff will scout that one, and they'll get ready for the game plan tomorrow. Then they'll have a shoot-around on the floor. Texas women leave today uh, for Kansas City. I leave today for Kansas City as well. They'll get up there and have a practice evening, and then they'll get uh, some time on the floor tomorrow and a practice tomorrow and then get ready for their first game, which is Friday at 1.30. And Texas will play the winner of the 8-9 matchup between Kansas State and Texas Tech. And, of course, you'll hear that on 105.3 The Bat. Back to the men's. very good announcement this morning. Rodney Terry named Sporting News Men's College Basketball National Coach of the Year. The first coach in Texas basketball program history to earn the Sporting News National Coach of the Year. It's presented to the best men's college basketball head coach in NCAA Division I competition. The honor first given in 1964 following the 63-64 season presented by the Sporting News. And uh, Rodney Terry is uh, the Sporting News National Coach of the Year. A couple other numbers for you with regard to Texas and talking about this whole number two seed thing. And um, when uh, uh, 
when Jerry Palm was on with us, I asked him the question, and we had somebody text in and said, it, could Texas wind up being a number one seed if they win the Big 12 tournament? And that was kind of the question I asked. Is there a pathway to the one seed for Texas? And it would probably have to include winning the Big 12 tournament, beating Kansas, because that would help a tremendous amount, in the tournament championship game, and then probably have some help whether – Houston or Alabama or Purdue were to fall off, it would probably take something along those lines in order for Texas to rise to a one seed. I think they're probably going to be a two, uh, certainly a win tomorrow evening, and that's a 6 o'clock game against the Oklahoma Oklahoma State winner, uh, which you'll be able to hear here on the horn uh, tomorrow evening. The winner of that, uh, if Texas wins that game, I think they're locked in as a two, no matter what they do the rest of the weekend. Uh, we're talking about a a group that has 11 quad one wins. It's tied for the second most nationally. We heard uh, Jerry mention the uh, the 15 quad one wins by Kansas, the most in the country. And through the games of just this past Monday, UT is one of four schools to rank in the top 20 in Ken Palm. It's Ken Pomeroy, Ken Palm, in both adjusted offensive and defensive assist efficiency. They rank 16th in offensive efficiency. For those of you who are wondering, don't they? When they get in their half court, they kind of stand around. They don't do this. They do, they're playing a the zone. They rank 16th in offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. 20th in defensive efficiency, and they're joined by Houston, Alabama, and UConn as the other teams uh, that are uh, in those numbers. The only teams that rank in uh, the top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency uh, there. Uh, somebody said, is this National Coach of the Year award like how in college baseball there were a good amount of National Player of the Year awards? There's more than one, for sure. There's an AP National Coach of the Year award. Um, and there may be a Basketball Coach Association uh, award, NABC uh, Coaches of the Year. But uh, anytime you're winning a National Coach of the Year award, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Mudd says, Coach Terry, meet leverage. Leverage, Coach Terry. No, I, he's... He's done a fine job with that. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, and and our, our man from Belton says, Craig and Harge are fun to listen to during Texas baseball games. I'm not on the complaint train anymore like I was told last week. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I had a good time uh, with Mike Harge calling the uh, ball game last night. Texas won 7-5. It was a little bit unusual, and this is something that's coming up in my afternoon report that as I wipe – here I'm a little drippy due to allergies today. Um, th- there's that old saying that if you go to the ballpark, you might see something you've never seen before in baseball. If you go to a baseball game, you might see something you've never seen before. Um, there was something pretty unique. I don't know that it's unheard of. It's not, in fact. But uh, for UFC Dishfalk Field, it was quite rare. There was a situation in the seventh inning. The Longhorns had gotten four runs in the bottom of the sixth to go up uh, six to four on Sam Houston. Sam Houston scores a run in the top of the seventh inning off Charlie Hurley, who had come on in the seventh after uh, LeBaron Johnson went six innings. And David Pierce told us afterwards, he said it wasn't his best outing. He elevated some pitches, but he toughed his way through it. And as a result, wound up getting the victory. Sometimes you don't get rewarded for outstanding efforts like he did a week ago with the shutout innings uh, in the the work he put in against LSU and got no decision there. 
but he did last night, even though he allowed uh, four runs in the ball game and kind of toughed his way through it. Only two of the runs, by the way, were earned. There were a couple of errors by Jaden Duplantier at shortstop. So in the middle of the game, and David Pierce had told us he was probably going to sub guys in and out anyway. It wasn't necessarily a punishment thing. Mitchell Daly goes in to play shortstop. And uh, so Daly goes in and and plays short. And Jared Thomas checks in at first base. So he goes in at first um, for Cam Constantine. And immediately they make an impact. Starting in the sixth inning, they both factor in uh, uh, a couple of fielders' choice ground ball outs. One drives in a run. The other player scores a run on that. Uh, So that was important. Then in the seventh, in the top of the seventh, uh, Sam Houston gets a run across. And they still have a runner at first with one out. And it was a sharply struck ground ball. And Thomas makes... Uh, and Thomas and Daly together make a really good play. Thomas fields it, steps on the bag at first. He fires down to Mitchell Daly covering the bag at second. Well, of course, in getting the force out at first, you have to put the tag on the runner coming in. Daly did so. The umpire uh, uh, did signal him out, but then it got reviewed, and and the call was upheld. So it was a 3-6 force out. It was really important there. Then uh, in the eighth inning, Daly hits a home run. So both of those guys, uh, you know, contributed a lot. But in that uh, seventh inning, they also had in the bottom of the seventh when Texas was batting, they had a situation where the Longhorns had Garrett Gilmet at first base. He'd drawn a leadoff walk. There was a ground ball then hit, and they go to second for one to start a four-six-three double play. Uh, Gilmet goes in the bag. They call him out. The throw to first goes wide of the bag and skips back. It looked like it rattled around around the dugout area, which would entitle the runner, who was Peyton Powell, to second base. So they send him down to second base. Then they stop play, and they bring him back to first and say, no, you're not allowed that. Then they review it. Then they allow him to go to second base again. And then the umpires get together again and say, no, 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 you got to go back to first. So it was like this yo-yo, and, and Peyton Powell is telling the umpire, he's telling the second base umpire or the first base umpire uh, as he was going back, ordered back, well, that guy told me I could come, you know, the second base umpire. So it was kind of goofy the way it worked out. Uh, that was one of the questions Mike Harge had for David Pierce after the game. What was the interpretation you got? What was the ruling? That was the goofy part of that, in addition to the fact that, that he was discussing the contributions that Jared Thomas and Mitchell Daly made to the rally turning things around. Those guys came in and were vice came in valuable part of the success that you had throughout the game. That play on the double play, Daly hitting a home run and Thomas really driving the ball up the middle to put pressure on the defense. Yeah, I mean we're still such a work in progress and, and we're trying to grow some young players as we give a guy a mental break or a break and try to work like and try to work in our early work and spend some time on either their swing or their defense and you know, that's all the case is we're trying to give other guys opportunity and you know and then when we have opportunity to bring those guys back in them being ready to play and that's mental toughness that's dealing with maybe some adversity but I like the way both of those kids responded yeah they definitely stayed engaged but we wanted before we let you go we wanted to ask about the play and the explanation that you received the ball looked like it went into the dugout hit off the screen and came back were you challenging thinking that the runner was off i mean the fielder was off the bag 
or was it just everything that no, went no, on? No, no, I was only challenging the play at second base. Okay. The the screen is, I mean, partially my fault because I always say when it hits the back net, it's just going to drop in. And so it's going to be a dead ball. It's the first time in seven years that it's actually come out. So i got to just make sure if it hits the back net that it's dead. And if it would have touched the player, it would have been dead. But it literally, again, the first time I've seen it happen, it bounced, hits the uh, railing, and then back on the field. And by what we talked about at home plate, the umpires were right. Well, at least we know now because I was over there fighting for you. I was trying to figure out why he wasn't at second base. Well, we'll clarify it moving forward. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, the explanation that got after it. The ball never actually uh, caged into the dugout as well. It just got a ricochet back. But as David Pierce pointed out, in seven years at Texas, he'd never seen a ball that strikes that area carry back like that. So – Go to the ballpark, you might see something you haven't seen before. Something to keep in mind. All right, uh, coming up, we have inconceivable. I wouldn't necessarily say that's inconceivable, but it was, you know, something different. Uh, So, as somebody said, what was the deal with the ball hitting the net not being called a ground rule double? It wouldn't have been a ground rule double. It would have been a fielder's choice and an error, but not an error because of the way that is. So, uh, anyway, Somebody said, was Coach Terry's contract adjustment just a raise or an extension? Does he still carry the interim title? He still is listed as interim coach. That was when when that was announced when uh when they announced they were dismissing Chris Beard and that Rodney Terry was taking over, the title went from acting head coach to interim head coach, and they said at that time that he would carry that title for the rest of the season. So that's consistent with what they've said. Now they just happen to give him a raise during the course, but the interim tag is still there. And so he said that was a fun call last night. It was fun. I had a a good time uh, with that.